You're listening to Future Theater Radio with Bill and Nancy Burns right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. Hi, everybody. It is the first night in February, 2016, and we are your co-hosts, Bill. That's me and Nancy. That's me. You tried to steal my line but forgot it. On the future theater, on future theater, broadcasting live from Primrose Creek in beautiful downtown Silbury Village on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. And our producer is the wonderful Jackal. Say hello, Jackal. Hello, Jackal. But he's also Angel. Angel he's also Angel Espino. Hello, Angel Espino. Yeah. And hello. it is a, it is, it is a, it is the night of the Iowa primaries where Ted Cruz and Hillary Clinton are in their respective leads and their respective parties. But the night is, in Iowa at least, still young. Yeah. Yeah. Our guest tonight is yeah. Ken. Let me get his last name Roylance. here. Roy Lance. Ken, Roy, Ken Roy Lance. And, and <clears throat> I want to ask everybody out there. And Ken, and we'll uh, re-intro this at the bottom of the hour, but um, <clears throat> Ken will talk about what he believes the government is doing uh, in spraying chemicals, but specifically toxic chemicals, toxic waste <clears throat> on him and on his property. In retaliation. Mm-hmm. In retaliation. For his yeah. complaining that some military unit where he lives down in Virginia, in North Carolina. No, no, no. It's, it is North Carolina. It's North Carolina. Virginia. Yeah, but hey, it's wait, on the Virginia wait, border. Let me, let me ask you just to push your microphone away just a switch. Keep it a little more. See, because now that you're becoming animated. Yeah, that's my tr- – okay, go. And no. so that's what he is um, talking about tonight. And for anybody out there who has had these same feelings – that some unnamed entity is causing them harm or wants to cause them harm, call in and talk to Ken and, and share your feelings. Well, uh, can I start with mine? Well, when Ken is on, you can start with Well, yours. let's start with before he comes on because I wrote to him uh, and canceled the, his appearance because I felt, A, it might put him in danger and so forth. But then I asked Bill to call and have a talk and see if he felt comfortable coming on, and he does. And so I, I for one, hope that this is not a true story, although if it is a true story, boy, oh, boy, forget ghost stories. You know? Right. I mean, this is, this is kind of palpable stuff. I have no idea. Okay, so does, he have, we, like, does he have tangible evidence that they're doing something to him? I mean, no, that's, right. what I, that's exactly what I asked yeah. him. That very question. Did you take a photo? Do you have traces of the chemical? Do you know what the chemical is? Right. And, 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 and I mean, look, if they're spraying stuff in his house or in his area, yes. if he's inhaling this stuff, it's going to be in his bloodstream. I mean, he's going to have some kind of trace on him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, go to his website. It's linked up on futuretheater.com. Uh, that's one of the first of the many things you might want to do if you want to participate. If if you are walking the earth and it is Monday, February 1st at 10 o'clock in the Eastern Seaboard and you're listening to us, uh, you might want to play along by going on to the various websites. And one of them is futuretheater.com where you will see the big number to call in. It's right up there. And the number is, give it real fast, 
786-245-8127. That's for tonight's show, live. Mm-hmm. And you might then slip over to Ken Roy Lance's little website where he describes this. And it's kind of freaky and frightening. And it has to do with mostly with spraying coming out of the bottom, I think, of cars. And, that's, and also spraying on his house. And when you say evidence, he does have video. Right. But it's hard. It's just like UFO That's videos. what I was going to say. I, I, I saw the video, and I'm, I don't understand the video, so I'm going to ask about exactly. that. Exactly. So there is some video. And, um, but the thing about this whole thing, let's start with MKUltra. People who feel that they are being um, hurt by our own government are in a really bad place because they sound like crazy people to the population, right? Right. I mean, it, that's like the... the um, Philip K. Dick story, uh, the valence of their beaming something into my tooth. No, it's not. It's not valence. Is what you mean? Not valence. Valence is sort of a thing on a window. No, um, I didn't say. No, I said valence. No, I said valence, not valence. Or the, I know the, what valence. Liberty, liberty um, you know, uh, the man from Liberty Balance. Valence. Valence. Right. Oh lordy. Anyway, so tonight, so tonight, uh, one of the things that um, came into my mind. As I was thinking about, should we have Ken on or not? You know, I want this to be a, a positive thing for Ken, a, a way of reaching out and maybe letting other people know. But I also don't want it to be something that puts the spotlight on him even bigger. So even though you would say, oh, my God, it's just a little show. It's not so little. And I wanted to talk about the fact that Bill was on George Knapp last night. Okay. And everybody, um, it's one of the many shows, um, you know, Coast to Coast is one of the many shows uh, that people who like this show might want to try to listen to. Although, although, I'm digging myself in a hole here. Okay, but, you know, it's okay to Just say that. Just on when Nap is on. <laughs> Just when Nap Just when is Nap on. Rest, rest of the week, eh, don't listen. See, I consider Angel sort of the compass here. You know, when you're going off course, you, you look at the compass, and I'm looking to see if, you know. I'll get you back to center. I'll get you back to center. After ears, yeah. <laughs> um, because it's a very interesting time in the radio business. Um, our little radio situation here is improving because you can tell by the sounds because we hooked up our mics. And, you know, we're thinking about doing other stuff, maybe. And so we're kind of like, but, but meanwhile. Meanwhile, tonight's show, I was looking at this big um, zero, this big ostrich egg of nothingness, and I was thinking the perfect show I would like to do would be a show um, that is a show in which different people come on and maybe um, tell me why we should do an entire show on their pet project of, of the moment or their particular thing because I'm always being pitched ideas for the show. And so I thought, you know, that might be one way to do it. Have people call in and just, you know, let's do the show. Let's do a bunch of little mini shows. Um, that was one thing I thought. And um, let's just see here. Um, for example, not to put Danny on the spot, but Danny is friend to the show. Uh, he's a producer for some of the other shows, I believe, on the network. Correct? That is correct. Okay. Uh, so I can safely say he's a, he's a, he's a PSN producer, right? One of our... Producers. You, you could say that, yes. Yeah. And he's got, he sent me a bunch of stuff, this whole kind of, you know, on the Skype, a whole bunch of stuff on Kurt Cobain, on his murder becoming reopened. Uh, I have to, okay, have you seen Soaked in Bleach? No, yes. I have not, but I know enough of the Kurt Cobain, um, you know, death. 
mm-hmm. uh, to know that it's a little bit, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a little mysterious, uh, the circumstances around his death. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not 100% sold that it was suicide. Well, I think Danny's got uh, a detective in mm-hmm. mind. And Bill, uh, you know, this is his bread and butter for all the kind of true crime books that he writes. And that's why I brought up Knapp, because Knapp uh, veered from UFO Hunters last night and got into uh, some of the true crime books and the Mickey Rooney book, and sales shot up um, as a result. But at the same time... Ooh. That was me, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I knocked that job. <laughs> Um, but, but, okay, so, so Belgab, a little place that I go, uh, which is a forum, belgab.com, they were talking like crazy about lots of other things, uh, that Bill had brought up, like the, uh, Black Dahlia, um, situation, the Black, right, Dahlia. The Black Dahlia murder, right? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, why don't we have Steve Hodell on the show? He, he actually, he actually wrote to me on, I think that was Steve who once messaged me oh. about, some particular aspect of we were. T- I think. I think what he'd asked me. Okay, when you do that, I, I, you I, can mute that. I know. That I know. I think, <laughs> what he asked me was um, uh, this thing about um, when two items come together. This is in the world of CSI. When two items come together, when they touch, each item transfers something from itself to the other item. Right. So let's just say that a car scrapes a fence. Part of the fence is going to be on the car, just like part Correct. of the car is going to be on the fence. And so right. you can right. imagine for in the world of accident investigation, CSI, you look, and that has a name. It's called low-cards theory of transference, and that's really vital. Not, in the, that, that, that's a person, low-card, right? Yeah, low-card was the person who came up with the, the theory of transference of objects. And so that is vital in the world of homicide investigation, especially sexual homicide investigation. And that played a major role in um, a bunch of books that I've done, including Serial Killers, the first book. And so that's – so I don't know how that came up, but that's what Steve had written me about and well, um, but, but all this, you know, all this is um, just to assure Danny that if he thinks we'd be interested, we really – I think this is an interesting – Sorry, I don't know anything about it. Um, all well, I know, I'll get, you, I'll get you caught up. It's a, it's a crazy story. Yeah. Okay. So originally, um, it is thought that he killed himself with uh, shooting himself in the head. Right. With that a shotgun. Was, right. With yeah. Shotgun. Right. But his body was full of really high doses, like three times the lethal dose of heroin, supposedly. Yep. And the 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 events that happened shortly after he died with his wife and the people involved before the cops got there really made it seem a little shady. Uh, some people believe that that his wife, uh, Courtney Love, had something to do with the death. That right. perhaps and they she killed him. Power, she's a very powerful person right now in the yeah. circle yeah. she flows, flows in. And so I believe that, you know, it, you'd be, again, like David going up against Goliath uh, when you try to tell a story. Um Many people have come to us with stories about musical problems, like and Black Dahlia, of course, wasn't music, but it was the world of art. And um, you know, these people, th- th- this is these are dangerous waters. This this gets into the kind of whole. Once you get into evil of any kind, when you're talking about serial murders, you're into a darker place. Well, I do have to talk to Steve because. Rick and I want to do this book. It's called Hollywood Noir. It's about that That's period true. from 
1945, right after the war, right through the early 1950s. And obviously during that period, that's when George Hill Hodel was very active as a serial killer in Los Angeles. Right, right. And um, we have, uh, we, we, we only did one book with Steve and um, Bill has done many, many books with lots of other people. So anyway, so yeah, true crime. And so um, on Belgab, a fella, forget his name, seems to think that someone else did that murder. He doesn't think that Steve Hodel's father did it. Well, uh, he's going to have to come up, go up against the handwriting analyst right? who yep. nailed it for the L.A. County DA. I mean, that right. was how the case got closed. Um, George Hodel. Steve's father. You could put your Art Bell thing in here, too. You know, about, uh, you know, if Art goes back to the Philippines, he could help you research. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, uh, he might visit there, you know. What, what, what happened was, right before his death, George Hodel came back from the Philippines and made contact with his son, Steve. And they'd been estranged for many, many years and gave Steve a photo which was the photo of Elizabeth Short, who'd obviously been drugged. I don't think she was dead, but I think she was drugged, but she was heavily made up. And that started Steve on this search to find out why did his father words, give him a, a photograph a new, of Elizabeth Short. Yeah, it's, it was a never-before-seen photo. Never-before-seen. But it had that look of Victorian... First of all, it was artfully posed because uh, the art connection in this particular story is that of... Um, Man Ray. Man Ray. Now, you you guys might not know who Man Ray is, but once you hipsters do, he's he's among hipsters. Hipsters. He was a hipster in his own day, and an artist, and he was a surrealist, and that means that uh, you know he'd put a hat floating in on clouds, and you know you're supposed to figure it all out, and so they did a lot of he did a lot of work with. Disfiguring of women, I believe, as part of his right. photography. He yes. was a photographer, right? Man Ray. Disfiguring women to him, and in 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 photographs and art was art, and so that's what he was exploring. And so when you look at the photographs of the body of the Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short, she was posed and cut and arranged in such a way to mimic uh, a Man Ray photo, a Man Ray work of art. And part of the theory was that George Hodel was in this kind of artistic well, competition they, 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 with Man Ray. They were friends. They were friends. They shared their wives and that sort of thing. I think, uh, you know, their wives intermarried with each other and stuff. So there was a very close circle of friends. But anyway, the, the point is, um, this comes up on, on Belgab. And I feel like there's this just a world that we have not been able to um, sell or talk about. And I think, you know, that's why I feel like, you know. Okay, well, what nailed it for the L.A. County District DA, Steve Case, was that during the course of the Black Dahlia investigation, the murderer sent letters to the L.A. Times. And the L.A. Times printed those letters as they were written, not they didn't just set the type. They printed the actual letters. So Steve had a note from his father, and he brought this that note and the letters to um, a forensic. Steve was an LAPD uh, homicide detective, brought that to a handwriting analyst, 
And that handwriting analyst basically said, yeah, this is the same person who wrote both. And based on the identity of the handwriting samples, the L.A. County District Attorney closed the case on the Black Dahlia. So it's not an open murder anymore. And but there are a whole bunch of other issues. Um, I came up okay, with but one here, but here's, approach. Here, here's what the fellow said. He's known as Uncle Duke on uh, Belgab, and he doesn't like me. He's one of the people who wishes you know the hole that I dig would get bigger and it would just completely engulf me. And by the way, they sounds loved, like a lovely fella. Yeah, they, well, they lo- they love they just love Bill's appearance on on uh, the show last night. Um, but they actually said, thank God she wasn't on because she always interrupts him and she, and you know, his golden stories, they don't come to the perfect ending. But, but, but the thing is, hmm. wasn't even on the show when I was being criticized. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> you really, you know, you really have to That's funny. On the back for that. Okay. So here I found the name. So Uncle Duke says, waste of time. We all know Edward Wayne Edwards committed the Black Dahlia murder as well as every other murder in the U.S. for several decades. So I don't know who this is, this Edward Wayne Edwards. I will find out. Well, yeah, I've got I guess the- we all, but we're all supposed to know that. I guess we don't. Yeah, well, see, well. that's the thing. So, yeah. So just, oh, and also um, uh, someone else ha- had a question about what place did Mickey Rooney own? Did he own a casino at some point that failed? Or Yeah, yeah. What happened, um, I'll answer that real quick. Mickey was part owner of um, an inn in Downingtown, Pennsylvania called the Downingtown Inn, and uh, it failed. And, and the funny story about that, uh, for, the, for the person who wrote that So uh, wait, what, what did he call his edible underwear? Oh, um, it wasn't edible underwear. It was disposable underwear. And what he did was, uh, the whole point was he began with a disposable bra. You could rip it off. You could rip it off. Exactly. <laughs> that was the whole point of the disposable bra. You can bra. imagine where his mind was as a general Right. And so, and, and so in the book, it was like maiden form disposed of the idea faster than you could dispose of the bra. But um, the inn that Mickey bought, and here's the, f- the funny twist in that story. The inn that he bought was in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, which is west of Philly. It's all the way at the edge of um, Pennsylvania Dutch country. Mickey and the, the the deal was that for Mickey to invest in this establishment, they would open up the Mickey Rooney Room. He'd perform there. That was his venue, and he would advertise that place in the newspapers. And I remember back in the nineteen seventies, late well nineteen seventies, in the New York Times and the Philly papers, it's a good idea. you would see the Mickey Rooney's photographs saying, "Come and join me at the Downingtown Inn." Well, the funny part about that was that. Mickey's friend for about 30-odd years was Donald Trump. And Mickey went to Donald Trump. Donald Trump told us this story. He went to Donald Trump and he asked him what he thought about that investment. And Donald Trump said, bad investment. Don't do it. You'll lose everything. You'll lose your shirt. Whatever you do, don't invest in the Downingtown Inn. So what did Mickey do? He invested in the Downingtown Inn. And lost everything you had in that investment. Well, uh, Sometimes it, I think it pays to listen to Donald Trump. I'm just it saying. does. The guy knows uh, business. I mean, you know, and, and you're get, who's getting the ringing? The one that's that's that you, is, is that is is that telling you who's ahead in in uh, Iowa right now? That is telling me that Trump is trumping the competition. Seriously, really? He pulled yeah. ahead because Cruz was ahead before, but like a point. 
Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about uh, politics if we can help it because... No, no. I got actually some really positive news if you want to... Oh, yeah, switch, do, do the positive news. Go ahead. Switch topics for a second here. Yeah, uh, it was reported here uh, just uh, a, a few hours ago uh, that in 2015, illegal marijuana pot sales soared to a record $5.4 billion in the Billion? U.S. Billion? Dollars. Billion dollars. Legal wow. pot sales. Wow. Remember, it's not legal everywhere yet. Right. Yeah. Imagine right. when it's legal everywhere. Well, can't you know? Is there any hope? Uh, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. Is there any hope that a kind of a national amendment, not amendment, um, thing could be put on the ballot? Since we're going to have a federal election, can't you put something on the federal ballot that goes across all the states? What you would? It's a two-stage process. First of all, the federal law making marijuana illegal uh, was uh, back in the 1930s. It was the these were the Anslinger Acts. Henry Anslinger promoted these. And they really are modeled right after the 1920 uh, National Prohibition Act. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it really basically is the same thing. And um, the National Prohibition Act was enabled by the the, um, amendment to the Constitution, which which allowed Congress to declare alcohol sales in the United States. Yeah, but is illegal. there anything sweeping that can be done? I know Bernie supposedly has already gotten passed through Congress. Well, it, it, can, it went riding on a little bill that now uh, medical marijuana can be, uh, that the feds aren't going to, um, if a state passes that the feds aren't going to intervene. Well, that's the thing. Right. But the other thing yeah. is Federal that it can, law- be, it can be studied. If it, once it can be studied and you can get a grant to study oh, but it. Well, they've been would- studying it for years, Nancy. This yeah, but, only, but they've never, no, but that's always been that's under the That's changed now. No, 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 no. It's no longer, it's no longer a top-tier drug with no medical use. It isn't? Right. That's been changed. Well, it is happening quickly, then one could say. And then we've got got our listeners and our friends. We've got friends who actually, uh, well, in Oregon, you're allowed to grow six plants. Yeah. Let's go. Before we get anybody in any uh, legal trouble here, uh, uh, let me read this real quick. It says here, uh, check this out. This has kind of surprised me. It says, uh, legal U.S. pot sales soared to $5.4 billion, and it's up 17.4% from 2014 which grows $4.6 billion. According to the data released this Monday today uh, by ArcView Group, uh, which tracks the cannabis market, it says uh, the figures include medical and adult consumers' sales. However, the annual gain was largely fueled by an explosive growth in consumer sales as the states have approved adult recreational marijuana use. There you go. Adult use grew $998 million from 351 last year. According to the research, uh, and the voters uh, in more states are including California are likely to take up the issue in 2016 when the elections are coming up. That's so what I'm. This yeah. will be legalized by next year. Just look, it, it, they can't stop this. They really can't. It, at this point, states. But what has to happen? Two things. Well, one people thing has to happen. People who live in the legal states have to have the balls to send marijuana mm-hmm. Ill- uh, through the mail anonymously to all your friends in the non-legal states. We will send you money for that. You know, for other reasons. We'll do a barter. I'll send you Damn money. right. Yeah. And, and <laughs> once everybody started doing that and putting it in seal a meal things or whatever they do, um, you know, then I think the law would not – it would just be like a paper law when, when a law can't be followed. You know, like when the cars went too fast for two, two, two miles per hour to be the speed limit. Right. What, 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 what's crazy about this is we're talking about billions of dollars here and it's only legal in a few states. 
Right, yeah. it's ins- right. It's insane. Actually, Crazy. actually, actually, we have to figure out what we're going to do with the money probably before we can even get it to pass. It's almost like who's you know, the money could be used for the most beautiful stuff. It could mm-hmm. be used like education, for, like education, right, like right. teachers could get paid you know wonderful salaries. Uh, colleges could be free. That's what Bernie's saying. Maybe Bernie's in Colorado. Pay. They were saying they they have so much money coming in. They're probably going to give some back to the public because there's so much money uh-huh. being generated here. <laughs> so just think about that for, for a second. That's, they, a that is, That's a great idea. Yeah, tax if it's nationwide. That you know? just tax rebates to everybody and say, right. hey, you know, smoke it and pocket the dough. Exactly. Um, so AP, by the way, the Associated Press just called Ted Cruz the winner in wow. Iowa. Uh-oh, there he goes. I'm glad because oh, okay. Here's here's a Ted Cruz thing. You it, it have you seen Angel the little video? I saw it yesterday. He uh, scares me though because wait, first wait. of all, he, he's not American. He's not a second wait, generation wait, wait. Have, American. Oh wait, so you, you know how what's going on with this country? <laughs> you know how um, uh, Trump keeps saying nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him. And even the Bob Dole, not not Mr. Sunshine, said nobody right. likes. Well. <laughs> right. The funny, yeah, but here's the funny thing. There is a video going around right now, uh, beside the the tit the teen tit movies that he wanted to star in, which was such a terrible thing to say. You know, it's so it's so demeaning. Like it, it's a demeaning way to talk about a porn movie. But anyway, um, there's a little video going around of Ted Cruz trying to hug and kiss his daughter. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. But away and pushes him away and pushes him away. It's really painful to see. It's like nobody likes Ted Cruz. Here's a, I'm, I'm going to send you. Iowa. Yeah, I'm going I'm to send you a uh, a picture here on um, on Skype, Nancy. I want you to take a look at this picture real quick. This is the reason why I cannot vote with good conscience for Ted Cruz. Okay. Reminds me too much of that guy. Check that out. Oh yeah. What's his name? The guy from Adam's <laughs> family. No, no, no. Grandpa Munster from the, uh, the Munsters. Munster. Oh, yeah. I remember him. Who, Old Grandpa Munster. Who played He's Grandpa I- identical twin. Like, if they ever were going to reboot that series, yeah. Ted Cruz, that's your man. Yeah. Well, that, there's, a, there's a future for him. I mean, how can you not <laughs> long to be it? He's kind Jeez. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I just can't vote for the guy. Yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting who played Grandpa Munster. I mean, well, we um, uh, Al was it Al something? Al Lewis. Al Lewis. There we go. Car fifty four. Where are you? There you go. Yeah, That's yeah. Al Thank Lewis. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody is saying that uh, asking you, Bill, to tell your wait, what story? Your wait. Let me get back here. And we have a chat. Okay, guys, Angel will tell you how to get to chat. You have to hover. Um, to get to <laughs> no, no, no. Calm I've, down, Nancy. Before you confuse everybody, calm down, calm down. And psn-radio.com, if you go over to their website, there's a link on the menu bar that says listen in live chat. If you want to enter the regular chat, you can click on that. Boom, you'll be there with everybody else in that chat. If you want to get into the Skype chat, just hover over it. Don't click it. Just hover it in the Skype chat will appear. You click that and boom, you'll be able to, to chat with the rest of us in Skype. Yeah, because there I can't go. use the other one. I would be on the the one on the page where I am. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what to put. Face, put I don't, yeah. I so okay. So <laughs> um, PJ Zimmerlink is in the is in the chat that's part of Skype, and okay. he's asking for Bill to tell the FDR Hillary Clinton story. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. well, we're almost Eleanor coming up for a break. It's Eleanor and, uh, Roosevelt. And right. we have Did a break, break coming up. Break. Angels yeah. Act. Well, the, power. You, want to tell the, you want to tell the story? or I'll tell the story, and then we'll go to our break and bring okay. on Ken. So here's the deal. Um, this floats all the way back to 1933 when there were two, not one, but two attempts to get FDR out of office. One was an actual assassination attempt in Chicago where the Chicago mayor, he was president-elect, and the Chicago mayor threw himself in front of FDR and took a bullet for the president-elect. That was one. Then later on, there was a coup d'etat that was planned by the heads of a number of corporations, and this is why I don't think Bernie is going to have a successful presidency if if, if America is crazy enough to vote him in, but there was um, – uh, This coup was the heads of, uh, I think it was Chrysler, DuPont Namers, um, and a few other large corporations that planned a coup with the military to overthrow the United States government and take Roosevelt out of office. And that um, coup was broken up by a young Marine colonel who got the information and basically told the president. And that later became a novel called Seven Days in May and a movie starring Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. So that Douglas. was for real. That was a real coup. And, yeah, and well. that was the basis of what Hillary Clinton referred to as the quote-unquote vast right-wing conspiracy. I think, I think he meant the ghost story, but... I'm getting to it. Okay. And so when Hillary... Um, so in the White House... Now, Hillary is talking about this vast right-wing conspiracy rising up around Bill Clinton. And the person who got FDR through his vast right-wing conspiracy was his wife, Eleanor Roosevelt. So Hillary Clinton called the uh, medium channeler, Gene Houston, to the White House. And together, Gene Houston and Hillary Clinton invoked, tried to summon the spirit of Eleanor Roosevelt to advise Hillary on how to protect her husband from the vast right-wing conspiracy. And that's the story of the bringing of Eleanor Roosevelt's ghost back into the White House. And that was, and having a medium channel or a clairvoyant in the White House, Bill Clinton was not the first he was preceded by Ronald Reagan, who had Joan Quigley as medium channeler casting um, his chart, his horoscope chart, for the most propitious days for Reagan to travel. Just this was like, after the assassination like, attempt. Just like Queen Elizabeth I. Mm-hmm. But, uh-huh. yes, indeed, mm-hmm. indeed. But before Reagan, there was Abraham Lincoln. And before Abraham Lincoln, there was Franklin Pierce. Okay. Franklin Pierce. Okay, well there you go. Franklin Pierce. Um yeah. The ancestor of Jeb Bush's mom. Aha. Aha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and so and supposedly and this is a, a here's a show we have to do. The supposedly Eliester Crowley 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 is her actual father. Mhm. Some people think this. And have besides the, the saint worshiping guy, right? 
well, not really. Yes, that's how, yes. That's how he's Mr. known. Mr. Six Six the Beast. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. But, the beast himself, yeah. There's lots of different uh, – there have been really good books written since, very recently, uh, of why – you know, he's a complex person. And uh, a lot of that was a cover for even deeper, more interesting stuff like spy work and stuff. That's right. I, mean, I would love to have Joel on. Well, no, I, I have some people in mind and um, it just takes a little while to to get yourself up and running. But we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Things are starting to pick up steam a little bit. Things are starting to come together. I made a great breakthrough today with the ebook situation, a great breakthrough. And uh, Soroya, if you're listening... Uh, I made a great breakthrough. We're gonna we're gonna rock and roll. We're ready to get rolling. Um, so we're doing a lot of stuff. We're doing a lot of stuff. Also, I'm still doing little craft work because I have this urge. This and I haven't told you yet, but I have this urge to make little tiny mice in kind of memory of all the little tiny mice that we have had to put to their deaths here in our house here in the country <laughs> i feel so bad about it and ever and i find myself on pinterest just night after night looking at the cutest little mice and i figure i'll build a little house for them and just make a bunch of them it's an urge nancy that's going to be a nightmare when they start breeding for a for a mouse house i'm getting the it's traps ready hey we're it's at the bottom of the Oh, Real quick, before we go before we go on break, though, I wanted to uh, mention that uh, this week we have a couple of big birthdays coming up. Uh, Travis Walton turns uh, sixty three on Wednesday. Wow! Hello. Happy birthday to Travis! And yes, Miss Nancy Burns also has a birthday coming up on Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to be sixty nine. Sixty nine. I don't want to say the number. Sixty nine. Sixty nine. You only get one time here to be sixty nine. What a great what a great opportunity this is. Indeed. Yeah. How do, how do you do 69 in a cool and fabulous way? We will find out. Yes, indeed. So happy birthday, Nancy Burns. Uh, you know, a little early since, you know, you're not on on Thursdays. I figured we'll say it on the air now. Happy oh, early well, I, And again, to just kind of make this all about the Gabcast and Bellgab, um, Art Bell himself is going to be on the Gabcast uh, little radio show, which is going to be carried by... Wow, uh, MV's network, I don't know the name of it, and also the Deep Talk network, a friend of ours. He's often in our chat, Prairie Ghost. So congrats, all those guys. Art Bell, interview, my birthday. Very yeah. cool. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. And so we'll find out. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Is he ever coming back? You know, has the stalker won? That's what we're going to find out on Thursday. And I, for one, will be glad to be distracted. Well, that's actually, it'll be the first fun thing I do as a 69-year-old. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Okay. We're at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to take our break, and we're going to come back with, our, with Ken, our guest, and we will, so stay with us for these messages, but the, uh, and, and, and late breaking news, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucuses, Martin O'Malley has dropped out of the Democratic primary, <laughs> and Mike Huckabee has dropped out of the Republican primary. And who won the demo? We don't know. Hillary Clinton was ahead before. I don't know where they stand now. So um, stay with us. We'll be back on the other side with tonight's guest. And everybody call in and to share your own stories about the story that Ken will tell you. We are Bill and Nancy Burns on Future Theater on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. Back after this.
team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Supermanhomepage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. In the black is black On the road to nowhere There's no turning back Love reached out and touched me Stopped me in my tracks Crossed my heart Cause it's true are back with our guest on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. Thank you for joining us, Ken. Uh, we we'll appreciate it. Um, we, Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you. And, and we're just... Uh, um, why don't you... So, so here's what I'd like to do. Um, tell me if, if this works for you. I think it will. Uh, tell your story as you told it to me. And um, tell it in some detail. An angel is going to be asking you lots of questions. A- a- angel is 
Angel is our version, uh, who's our producer. Uh, he's the jackal, and he's our version of Columbo. So he's going to ask you um, some questions. And I He doesn't even know who that is. No, I know who Columbo is, oh, but I don't have the messed is. up eye. I'm just saying. My eye is good. Well, both my eyes are messed up. But anyway. No, it was a glass, a glass eye. eye. It was a glass eye. I know. He had a, he had a bad eye. I have four eyes, so, so there you go. He I am like Columbo. Take it out. He would, he, it, he would he actually was a teacher. He would take it out. Oh, Ken, Ken, Ken. We're worried and, we're worried and nervous about your no, story. No, 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 no. What happened was he was a, a, a high, he was a teacher in the New York City public schools. And, 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 and once the story goes that uh, he had to leave the classroom, so he took his eye out, left it on the desk, and said, I'm going to keep an eye on you. That's genius. True story. Anyway, Ken... Why don't you start us off? I'm sorry. I just love Peter Falk. Um, okay, it's a great I know, show. I think I know his daughter. Um, anyway, I, just go ahead and start. Tell us your story. I want folks to hear this story. Okay, well, um, I've got really severe chemical sensitivity, and uh, it's, it's worse than typical. Um, and uh, I was living in North Carolina at the time in Elizabeth City, and I was living with my sister, and all of a sudden, one day, I noticed chemical fumes outside, and I didn't know what was going on, and uh, they were really bothering me, and it went on for a couple of weeks, and I was going around town, and I noticed that the chemical fumes were everywhere, all over town, and uh, nobody else could notice them, just me, and, but they were really making me sick. And uh, later on, I discovered that the chemicals were strongest near the Coast Guard base. And I, in fact, I could hardly drive by the base without doubling over in pain. And my, my liver would hurt for the rest of the day if I did that. And um, so I called the EPA. This went on for about three months. And then and I called, you called the EPA. called which EPA? Which, the state it, it, or the federal? The local, North Carolina EPA. Okay. And I, I told them everything, and they said, great, we'll inspect the area. Uh, we'll do it um, Monday, and, uh, and I think I called them on a Thursday. So, uh, so the inspection was Monday, and then Sunday, the fumes stopped, mysteriously stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and then Monday, they also stopped on the day of the inspection. And I kind of thought to myself, well, that figures. <laughs> and uh, then Tuesday, they they started back up, but they started at night. And then Wednesday, they they uh, expanded the fumes. You know, they went a little bit longer. And then when, by Thursday, they were back in full swing doing doing the dumping that they were doing before. And uh, well, are they dumping? And then about that. The Excuse same me? chemical is it at this early stage? Could you tell us it only one chemical or different types? No, there were there were about six or seven different chemicals, and they would rotate through them. They would do one for about five days, and then they would switch to another one. And um, and the one they did most often was a, like a it smelled like um, swamp gas or, or like rotting wet leaves in a swamp. And uh, then they had one that smelled like gunpowder. And occasionally other people could smell them, but usually they couldn't. And basically uh, you believe that they're dumping the stuff out of the back 
uh, from the undercarriage of cars or something like this? Yeah, that's one method. But the, the biggest method they use is they're just dumping them into rivers. And I think the big, the, the, uh, the most common area that you'll get the dumping is near military bases that are near a body of water. And I've, I've noticed the dumping at other bases as well. I noticed it in, in Virginia Beach, and then I noticed it in Newport News uh, around Fort Eustis when I was driving by the highway. When I was driving on the highway and I was about two miles away from the base, I, I got the fumes when I was in the car. And the fumes travel for miles. If they do any type of ma- major dumping, the fumes will, will spread. Well, they'll cover an area that's about eight miles in diameter. And, and what, symptoms do they, what symptoms do they bring on in you when they're really bad? Well, for me, it depended on the chemical. Each chemical gave me different symptoms, but it was neurological mostly, um, difficulty breathing, uh, abdominal pain, and it varied from chemical to chemical. Um, and, so and I, could tell each chem- I could tell which chemical is which. Right, and you said you you have always had chemical sensitivity, or uh, no? I I developed it back in uh, two thousand and two, mm-hmm. and do you, know, do you know how you developed it? Yeah, it's kind of a complicated story. Uh, well, actually, it happened before then, um, uh, but right about uh, ninety one, I uh, I was taking heartburn medication. And um, it seemed to do something to me. I, now I believe it damaged my liver, but back then I didn't know what happened. What and medication I developed chronic was it? Fatigue. Was it prescription medication? It was prescription medication, and it and and I developed chronic fatigue from it. And I, I didn't know what was going on, but now I believe that it damaged my liver somehow. Well, and um, um, there are class action lawsuits even as we speak uh, because damaging the liver is, in fact. A huge side effect of this stuff. So yeah, right. but the problem, yeah. the problem for me is I I can't get a diagnosis. I've been to liver doctors and they can't see anything wrong. Oh. I've had all kinds of tests and nothing shows up. Mm-hmm. But it, it right now it feels like my liver's working at about ten percent capacity, and they just can't see what's going on. And they well, know I'm sick. Go to the well, doctors do and they know a, something's going on. Well, they can do that with a blood test, though, right? I mean. Well, they they were doing blood tests. I was getting CT scans, ultrasounds, and they just couldn't find anything. Um, maybe one day they will. Maybe it has to get a lot worse, but uh, it's pretty bad as it is right now. I'm just surprised they can't find anything because I feel like I'm about to die. And it's when, not bad. When, when did you? When do you feel they started to actually target you with this kind of uh, dumping well, and stuff? Well, well, actually. Um, well, the, the um, prescription medication injured my liver initially, and it developed chronic fatigue. And then it, it progressed, and then I ended up losing my job, and then I started drinking more. And then that's when I really hurt my liver, and I actually felt it explode. And uh, after that, I know it sounds bizarre, <laughs> but after that, then I developed the severe chemical sensitivity. So it actually... My liver really isn't processing chemicals, so the chemicals will build up in my bloodstream and will go to my brain, and I'm just hypersensitive to them because I believe most people with chemical sensitivity, it's more of a neurological reaction. Right, usually it's... Yeah, it's, it's like the chemical has to have an odor, 
and that sets off some kind of neurological reaction. And I might have right. seizures or something, but that's not me at all. My I, the chemical actually builds up in my system, and um, it causes damage. I mean, it's, it's but not nobody's not found exactly. But, but nobody's found that you have cirrhosis of the liver or anything. No, they they can't. Cirrhosis is very difficult to diagnose. Even with a you know, they'd have to do a biopsy, and then they'd have to have a reason to do a biopsy. Um, you know, because a biopsy can be, in itself, can be kind of dangerous, and even a biopsy can't really detect uh, cirrhosis 100% of the time. So um, now there's really, uh, they just can't find out what's wrong. And I've heard stories where people have had cirrhosis, and they don't know it until they've got like two months to live. You know, they go to the doctor, and the doctors say, "Well, you got cirrhosis, and you got about two months." Well, so uh, I'm just it's wondering. real tricky. What, what kind of job did you leave um, behind? I, I worked at the Postal Service. Okay. And were you a delivery guy who walked out, walked out and about? No, no. I worked in the facility, okay. uh, separating the mail. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that was the last place I worked. But, um, and then but, I, I, you know, I, so I moved around a lot because of the chemical sensitivity. I had trouble living certain places. And I ended up in North Carolina with my sister, and uh, I started noticing the fumes outside. And then, after I reported it, after they did the inspection, then I started, I started getting, well, it's it seemed like I'd, I'd go out in the car, I'd go out downtown, and then I'd come back, and when I got back to the house, it seemed like somebody had just come by the house and sprayed the whole house with chemicals. I'd get out of the car, and there were chemicals swirling all around the, the property. Could you physically I, see like, them is- as well as smell them? Sometimes, I, no, you can't. You, I could never see the chemicals. You know, I couldn't see them, but I could. There have been times when I could feel them. Mm-hmm. I could Were feel there other them. people around you that and smelled the same smell you did? Yeah, occasionally. There, occasionally, there have been people that smelled it, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't make them sick, but they would smell it. So, do you think they were targeting them. targeting you specifically, like targeting your DNA? Yeah, that, yeah, they were, they were targeting me. I, at first, I didn't think they were. I thought, no, this can't be happening. This is America. This this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And it, it they, well, uh, if you know about, if you know about hold on, but if you know about like Paul Benowitz and what happens in America, you know that uh, in America they will do strange things to to citizens. So uh, sorry to cut yeah. you off. But I mean, yeah, it's this country is surprising me every day. Right. Well, I've learned a lot since then. <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, now I realize that this has to be the way it is. They've got too much power and too much money. Not to have this, not to have this ability, not to, not to want to, you know, go after dissidents and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's really opened my eyes. Um, I see the world in a whole new way. I mean, I, but, but, I can't turn on the TV now without seeing lies coming out of it. Well, okay, so so you didn't threaten, however. Did, let's just go back. Your first interface with the government would be the EPA, right? And you just filed right. a typical hello, Report. yeah. yeah. Well, actually, actually, before that, I called the Coast Guard base, and, I, and I, I said, are you guys burning chemicals over there? What's going on? And whoever I talked to said, no, we're not doing anything like that. And, and then it was about maybe a month later, I called the EPA. So, and it, it seemed like somehow they were tapping somebody's phone. Either, either they were tapping my phone at the time or they tapping the EPA's phone because they knew I had filed that complaint. And You know, they were on to me. Yeah, so the chemical dumping stopped just before the uh, inspection. Right, right, right. Hmm. 
And now, the question, so, the, so the question, the question begins uh, to become uh, important here. You know, why exactly were they targeting you? Well, I, mean, I think this is the main question I think I, we all are thinking. I think the basic reason is because I disrupted their their dumping schedule, and they were just saying, "Well, who is this guy to interfere with what we're doing?" You know, we're we've got important business to do here, and this this guy, who does he think he is? And uh, basically that, and I, I think just because they can, and also part they, of me thinks that they're looking for people to to do this too. They, it's a it's a it's a you know it's a government program that um, needs people to target. I mean it's it's and it's in place, and they need to keep it going, and they probably want to grow it. You know, it's government spending. It's uh, good for the economy. Okay, <laughs> That's beside, probably what they think. beside the actual spraying. You believe you have movies of uh, something spraying your actual house, right? Hmm. Right, right. I did catch video of the spray hitting the house. I, I set up security cameras with the intent of catching the people spraying, but I, I didn't catch the people, but I did catch the spray, which I didn't think I'd catch. I was surprised because hmm. the spray, it, you can, I've been out there while they were spraying and you can't see it. I've been hit by the spray. I've been hit by steady streams of the spray and I couldn't see it at night. I couldn't see it, but I could feel no, when, it. When, when you say that you've been hit, I mean, were you get wet from the spring? I mean, would you, were you, was your body moist? I, no, it was, Not it was sweat, really actual... bizarre. It was really bizarre. I was out working in, in the yard, and I, I felt the, the vapors coming at me, the fumes, and so I walked toward the direction they were coming from. I walked into the wind, and, okay. I, and, and then I felt these tiny droplets. I mean, millions of them hitting my body and just exploding and disappearing. I felt like I was being sprayed with a fire hose, but I was completely well, did it, dry. Did it, did it feel fuzzy like if you've ever gone through uh, someone's blowing big balloons, uh, uh, water, you know, soap bubbles, soap bubbles. It, it, when you go through those, it's kind of a tingly? Um, it's, it's hard to describe because I've never felt anything like it before. I mean, it's just these microscopic bubbles just popping as soon as they touch you, and then they're just gone. And, and, and I and I was what, surrounded by fumes. And what was uh, did, did the spray on your house come from above the house? It it seemed to come from multiple directions. It seemed like they had maybe two teams um, around the house spraying from different directions because the foot. wind would vary. So they'd have to have people spraying just to get to cover me completely. Yeah, but this would be people yeah. walking around with apparatus? I believe, yeah, but I, I would never hear anything. You couldn't hear any spraying sound, but they, they seem to be able to spray um, up to about 100 feet you know, and no wind, um, maybe more, I don't know. But with, with the wind, they could spray probably 300 feet, you know, they, and they could hit, hit the house like a laser beam. I mean, it didn't matter which way the wind was blowing, and they don't, they would always hit the part of the house that I was in. And well, I don't know how you, they did it. Have you? Uh, okay, now I saw your story on Belgab, which is you know how we got in contact. Have Have you been on the internet doing research on government weapons? You know, microwave type weapons, that sort of thing. Have you um, done research in that area much? Well, they just started hitting me with radiation. It just started. See, up until now, it's just been chemical spraying. And when I live in apartments, they pump the chemicals through the walls. They'll go up in the attics 
and they'll hide up there, and then they'll pump. They've got must have tubing running all through my walls, and they'll pump it through the walls. Do it that way. But but about two months ago, they just started targeting me with uh, radiation, which I believe well, now, is uh, how do you, high-powered how do you, radio waves. So so radio <laughs> waves, not actual radiation, because you wouldn't know you're being irradiated unless you had a Geiger counter. Right. I, well, I, well, first I thought maybe it was X-rays because you know it was coming through the walls, and I didn't know how they were doing it. So I bought a Geiger counter, and it measured nothing. And, and I bought a microwave meter, and that measured nothing. Um, and and then I, um, well, I, I did some some research, and uh, and according to the symptoms I was having, they had they have one that that seems to come up from the floor, and it makes my uh, my legs all tingly and puffy, and uh, it feels like I'm getting neuropathy or something like that, and I and I. And I noticed, I went to Wikipedia, and it seemed like that might be ELF waves. Uh, those cause those sort of symptoms. Right. And also, they, they hit me with another, well, they hit me with three. I've noticed three different frequencies. Uh, one of them causes burning in my spine, my lower spine. It will radiate outwards and sometimes be in my abdomen. And uh, so that's another one. And then there's one where I just buzz all over. Uh, so I've noticed three different types of radiation. Oh, um, Ken, and have you had yourself physically <clears throat> gone over with a fine-tooth comb that there's nothing physically wrong with you? I mean, your well, symptoms. Well, I, I do have I do have problems. I mean, do I do have problems, but it's nothing they can really pinpoint. Um, you know, I, I have various minor ailments. Most of them are due. I'm not that old, but most of my problems are old age related. But I'm only 52, and I'm getting problems that. Normally, if if uh, your symptoms are also the symptoms of, let's just kind of open our minds here a little bit, like open up the box a little bit. Your symptoms are also the symptoms of people who are going through some kind of psychic experience, for want of a better term. Uh, Kundalini awakening is the tingling in the lower spine, and it feels like it's on fire. Supposedly, it's kind of like, I mean, people take yoga classes now to. Uh, get the kundalini flowing it's almost like a sexual thing that's number one that's that's one way that you can make a physical change in your body through your mind um other things the thing with the tingling all over if you believe people who say there are other realms there are other states of you know our existence maybe you are changing um becoming more maybe it's a circulation problem yeah, I mean, well, you know, yeah. physically... That'll um, cause tingling all over. But also your mind. Yeah, right. It but, does but seem to be affecting my circulation. It could be, yeah. Well, I've yeah, been doing radiation. a lot of research lately on um, all kinds of things, occult, witchcraft, and all that sort of thing, because I'm writing a book about something like this, a character, Jane D., the wife of John D. Very exciting. Um, and so much of this is in your mind, uh, it could be that you can actually change so many things with your own mind. And so you have to at least look at that. That's why I'm asking where you've done research, perhaps. Um, have you done research in other people who are super sensitive chemically? Because that might be a rich field of inquiry. You know, are they having the similar experiences? Um, it's, it's, yeah, the, it's the frequency with which this is coming on, and maybe you're just like a remote viewer. Maybe you're jumping too quickly that it's the government when it might actually be 
it might be you doing it to yourself. Uh, no, no, I've, I've actually seen the people doing it. I mean, I've, I've seen them in cars um, because when I, when I go out on the road, they'll spray the roads um, in front of me, and I've, I've actually seen them. I, uh, I, when I go out on the highway, what I'll do is I'll, the speed limit's 55, but I'll go 45 so that they pass me, and I've seen people match my speed. They'll pass me, get up ahead of me, and then just match my speed and spray. And um, I've tried to catch them, and then they take off as soon as I try to. Have you thought about talking to the police, perhaps, about this? I have talked to the police, but there's really nothing they can do. I I don't have any evidence. My question in this whole thing is, why would they go out of their way uh, to, you know, orchestrate such an elaborate uh, you know, sinister thing for so many years. You know, it would it probably would have been easier just to pay you a visit and maybe pay you off. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you'd have to ask them to get the real <laughs> answer. But I think it's just it's just what they do. Uh, well, uh, you know, Solaris uh, Blue Raven is a host on on this network, and I believe she would. Uh, be another person that perhaps you should talk to because she believes she has been targeted, right? This way. So you don't yeah, have to, yeah. you don't have to be somebody to be targeted. You just have to be in their way. Right. Say. I think I think it's important to be unimportant. You have to be nobody. I think if you're important, they they stay away from you. I think they prey on the people that are nobodies like me. But to what end? To what end? Yeah, so um, what, is their, what is their purpose? I mean, are they trying to kill you? I mean, has it, do you get I, the Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's to torture and murder. Uh, I think it's just what they do. It just makes them happy. Uh, they've got the money to spend. I think they, you know, they, they want to feel like kings. Uh, well, they want so you, you, to be able to punish whatever they want. Yeah, and you also suggest, I think, that they're testing out their weaponry, right? They're basically um, possibly. I, I could be an experiment as far as the chemicals go. I mean, when they're when they're spraying me with chemicals, it, I could be part of some sort of experiment. They want to see right, what chemicals what work thought. the best on hurting me. Yeah. Well, when you told me the story, that's what I, uh, that's what it sounded like to me. That they pick somebody. Well, is there anyone else in your family? Anybody else who shares your DNA? Uh, are they being targeted in any way that you would know about? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just me. In, in fact, I live with my son, and the reason I do that is, I, I'm not proud of it, but I'm, I'm using him as a human shield, because if I were to live by myself, they'd really hammer me hard. So I, so I stay with him, and, and if he's in the room but with what, me... Yeah, but who should stop them from, yeah, but who should stop them from including him into the, uh, into the mix and targeting him now? Speaking I mean, if they if, if they're doing this for fun, if they're if they get a kick out of torturing people, I mean, hey, let's take the sun also. I mean, I, I guess they just don't have orders to go after him. I think that's what it's about. I, I'm the one that's on the list, and he's not. And I think what's important is they don't want people to suspect it. They want they want it to be invisible, and that's that's something I, I really noticed. They they really try to hide from me. They try to keep it keep everything as invisible as possible have you thought about moving far far away from there um yeah i've thought about it I, i've moved around a lot i i move i change apartments like every eight months because they get embedded and it, it just gets worse and worse um but but i figure if i move really far they just 
come after me. And even if I went to a foreign country, I, I, I couldn't get away from them. I mean, my opinion is if I could go there, they can too. And in fact, they probably already are there. Well, one of, our, one of our listeners is a military guy, and he has been putting in the chat the words targeted weaponry. Does that sound familiar? Have you run across what that no. might be? No. What was that again? Targeted weaponry. Targeted weaponry. Targeted weaponry. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll look that up. And, and, and what, what make, what, when did the radiation part start, and what were those? That just started about... That started, I'd like to talk about that. That's interesting. It started about two months ago, and when it began, I just noticed the floor shaking. I live on the third floor, and I, I just noticed the floor vibrating. And mm-hmm. it, then it seemed to, to, to follow me wherever I went in the apartment. It would be right underneath me. And are you sure and it's coming from, outside, from inside of you, like in other words, like a palsy or something like that? Have you... Are you always being really strict with, is this something that I'm making up or is this something happening to me? I'm sorry, what was that? Well, you know, when you said um, it, the floor is shaking wherever you are, is it something that you can actually see, not just where you're standing, but you can see stuff moving on the floor? Oh, no, 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 it's not like that. Um, if I'm sitting in a chair, it kind of feels like, I can feel the chair shake and it feels like I'm in a car that's idling. Just blah, 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 but but very gently. Mm-hmm. But my son has felt the shaking. I uh, I've had him come over. I, you know, I I'll say, "Come here quickly, and sit in this chair." And he's felt it twice. But and, normally, and what about, they, about pets? Do you have any pets? You should have all kinds of pets. Yeah, or- I I have a I have a pet. The first cat I had, um, they gave it cancer from the chemicals, and and she died. She was only six years old. And she was she suffered incredibly. Uh, at night, they really crank up the chemicals, and she would just howl at night. And um, but wait a second, why would the cat be affected and not your son? Why would they target well, the, the cat? The, the cat's more. The cat's a smaller creature. It's just more sensitive to the chemicals. Just in the same way, I think bugs are sensitive to like bug spray, and, and we're not. It's just that. Well, we the think cat is, tell that a, the cat is a smaller liver. And just can't filter them as better as well. Hmm. Um, but anyway, the cat, I mean, it only took about a year of heavy spraying for the cat to develop cancer. And she was six years old. When I would she get died. a lot of turtles, if I were you. Turtles might be. Tur- turtles strike me as. Um, a couple I don't pit bulls would be nice. Well, just, you know, sensitive creatures that you can kind of watch. And if they change their behavior, then, right. you know, they well, would. The cat, I, ha- I have another cat now, and she's, she senses the radiation. Um, she'll howl and run out of the room really? when the radiation gets strong. Mm. Um, but but again, the radiation, it started as sh- the shaking in the floor, and I couldn't feel it. Mm-hmm. But it, it took about six weeks for me to feel it. So what they do is they just bombard you with this low-level radiation, and they sensitize you to it. And, and all of a sudden, you start feeling it. And then when you start feeling it, then they crank it up. And, um, you know, they just keep it on you 24 hours a day and wear you down. Um, a long time ago, um, and actually it was Art Bell, he had a guest on who was telling people how to take a, an ordinary microwave. And if you're living in an apartment complex, you can kind of jerry-rig it and tilt it, uh, you know, toward the wall and, and actually affect your neighbors. Have you ever heard of that? Sort of thing. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. But like I said, I've, I've got a microwave meter, and I, it doesn't register on the microwave meter. Mm. 
And, and one, of our, one of our listeners is asking consistently, um, might this be some kind of hypnotic, post-hypnotic suggestion that something triggers you when you go into an altered state, let's just say. I mean, that's just as bad, um, MK Ultra stuff. As, um, um, no, I, I don't think it is. I don't have any reason to believe that it is. Mm-hmm. It just seems like they seem like physical attacks. Um, yeah, I, I wish I wish it were something uh, like that. <laughs> I wish it were something um, less tangible. Well, are you in but, touch uh, with folks? Uh, are you in touch with folks locally that that you've told your story to, or or perhaps on the internet so far? No, no, it's really hard to get this kind of story out there. Um, people just as soon as you start talking about the government coming after you, people just tune you out. Well, yeah, I tried to turn. Um, I, I tried to just say, let's not do this. <laughs> you know, it's it seems like a hot potato, or it seems astounding that you would be so targeted. You know, um, I know yeah. that certain people get under other people's skin. Maybe you were just sort of a an irritant. Oh, I- <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that it seems like I've been groomed for this my whole life. <laughs> I was always bullied in school and you know, now this. So uh Well yeah, yeah and I, someone someone said, you know, there's the canary in the coal mine approach. You know, you could be a canary saying, guys, you know so so you believe therefore that the government bases have an unlimited amount of stuff they have to dump. You know, they have no right. pl- and, have you looked into yeah. Yeah. Have you looked into other bases having the same problem? Um, no. I, 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 it, see, I just don't know how to look this stuff up. I mean, it, it's hard. I've done Google searches for, for other people that are experiencing this, and I just can't find anybody. Um, you know, it's hard. I think it's hard to find people that are as sensitive to the chemicals as yeah. I am. I'm kind of a, a yeah. fluke. But I know for a fact that there's there are lots and lots of people who have extreme sensitivities. They live in they sometimes um, you know you you'll find forums where they will tell you you know they can't use detergents they can't use uh, you know they soaps. I mean there, there are people literally that um, if they try to use a soap, they'll break out in a rash because they're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. Right. And it's only a matter of time before. Uh, you know, you get you you build up a sensitivity to one thing, and then it just gets worse, and so yeah. forth. Yeah. And I think the problem is, well, who do you complain to? You know, who yeah. Do you go to? Well, okay, um, so the EPA is where you go, right? Right, and they oh. don't. But they, I went to them, and nothing happened. You know, it it just stops right there. There's, well, given what's really happening, no. We know, but I'm given what's happening in in North Carolina, with all the chemical dumping, and the governor who really worked for years for this energy company that was dumping coal ash. I mean, that's the other thing, too. There's a lot of coal ash dumping in uh, North Carolina waters, and um, the the governor, I forget his name, actually worked for years as a senior management for the energy company that was doing the dumping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, and they're also Camp Lejeune, which is in North Carolina. They have a history of uh, cancer-related issues at the, at the Camp Lejeune base. Right. There's some sort of chemical dumping going on there. What about Fort Bragg? Oh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about well, that one, but 
this is a good first this is a good first step. I'm glad that you came on to talk about this. I think that you know, I asked Bill to talk to you because Bill has good interviewing skills and your story is really compelling. Um and I appreciate it having me on. Well, I think that um I think the only way to find answers for you and for anybody listening is to for people to start comparing notes. Uh they can go to your website. Um, there's a form at the end where, where you can f- make contact, right? Uh, yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, could I get my website address? Sure. Yes, it's all linked up. Yes. It's uh, chemspray.weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Right. Right. And, and you know, the military industrial complex is in charge of our lives and, you know, woe be you if you see them dumping their garbage, you know, into your backyard, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And if you, well, if you're if you're on a military base and you smell something odd, it could be dumping. It could be toxic chemical dumping. Just people should be aware of that. You know, one thing. What, I, what I've found with people when they smell it, and I'll say, do you smell that chemical? And they'll say, yeah, I smell it, but it's. They'll rationalize it away. They'll say, oh, it's uh, somebody's burning something or somebody's cleaning something. You know, it's no big deal. Well, That's what usually happens. When you've been in the car and you've noticed cars following you and then pulling ahead of you, you're alone in the car when this happens, right? Mostly. Hang okay. on a second. Okay. Okay. I have to plug in my phone. Sorry about that. Okay, have you have you ever have you ever been with somebody else in the car when this happens? So you have a witness I, for that. I I was with my wife one time and we were on the highway and she noticed somebody spraying me. She uh there was a car following me, well twice. There were there was a car following me matching my speed at 45 miles an hour on the highway. And uh I tried to catch him and the guy as soon as I said i'm going to catch him i floored it and the guy took off and he was he was already like a quarter of a mile ahead of me and we floored it at the same time and she said i i saw him pull away from you and he he had no idea i mean he couldn't have known i was going to try to chase him uh, unless he heard me say it this in north carolina yeah this was in north carolina because what i'm wondering is if one thing you may try to do is lure them out and have somebody with you taking a photograph or taking a video with a smartphone. Mm-hmm. And then well, one, of the problems is, one of the problems now is that after I started taking down license plate numbers, now I, I hardly ever see them. They're really incognito. So it's, I haven't really noticed them. I know they're still spraying the roads, but they're just doing it so far ahead of me. I don't see them anymore. It would be interesting because um, I know we have a lot of people uh, listening who have friends who are private eyes, um, and I'm just wondering if um, they write in and you can give them the license plate numbers. That yeah, you, well, actually, to the, see if somebody the license plate numbers and the, and the persons who are driving the cars, I have their names. They're on my website. Oh, you do? So they could, yeah, they're on the website, so they can go to the website, and I, I'd really appreciate it if somebody would investigate this, because that would give my story credibility, and then, uh, you know, that would uh, 
you know, just everything on there, it would just give it more credibility. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just mind-blowing that people would never believe. But if somebody could prove that this is real, um, that would I just think it would be great. Well, yeah, and, and the only way you're going to do that is to compare notes, take notes, you know, as Pete da- Peter Davenport says, write it down. That's what you're doing. You're basically telling your story and putting it on the record. You've you've done a, a on your website is basically a chronological listing of w- the incidents. Right, all, right, yeah. all the events as they happened. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, it's kind of that it's hard to believe. That's, it is. I, I, just, I wouldn't believe it unless it was happening to me. <laughs> I, well, I, I had trouble believing it. You know, even when they started spraying me, I couldn't believe it. It took three days of being sprayed for me to believe that I was getting sprayed. It, um, are, the, are the people you found, are the names that you found? You, yeah, and here's another thing. Keep, the next time you're sure you're being sprayed, make sure you take the shirt or the, whatever is the outermost object you're wearing, make sure you put it in a plastic bag and Let's get it tested, right? Well, that's the problem. The, the chemicals they disappear. Um, well, nothing disappears. So- no, there has to be there has to be a trace. There's nothing no chemical on Earth that we disappears. We watch too many X Files. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't exist. I'm, nothing. Nothing. I know. Disappears. I know. This is hard to believe, but the chemicals they just they're just gone in minutes. They're just. I don't yeah, think but there's always, a, there's, always, there's always a trace chemical. A yeah, trace see, here's the thing: if always. they're affecting you in certain ways. Then, and if those fe- effects are lasting effects, then the chemicals themselves aren't disappearing because the effects are lingering. Mm-hmm. Possibly, but I, I did and, call and, th- and think about this. When, I, and think about this: when they spray this down on you, it's not like they know that every single drop is going to hit you. So they spray enough and just let it linger until some of it gets on you. Mm-hmm. So it can't just right. it can't just disappear after a few seconds. That would make no but sense. I, that would defeat I the think, purpose. But. That is the nature of the chemical. It, it does disappear within minutes. I know it's hard to believe. Well, yeah, but, but again, nothing I mean, disappears. That's what I mean, it's designed to do. Yeah, but well, you don't understand. There's no chemical on this planet that just disappears exactly. like that. It, it, it transforms. I guess what it does is it breaks down. Else. Yeah, it breaks down. And, you know, and then there's, a, there's an excess of X, Y, and Z from the breakdown. Yeah. And I did call up a, a scientist, a chemical uh, scientist and he said that um, it's very difficult and it's expensive to get chemicals analyzed he said you could take the chemical put it in a baggie send it off and even if it only takes a day in that amount of time the chemical could decompose and just become unrecognizable but you know what if there's a new UFO hunters this would be the perfect type of show because you could maybe get some real evidence on camera and you know by following um, by following Ken around a bit, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we would do. We would have uh, we'd, we'd be following Ken, have somebody like Ted ready to do um, spectrographic analysis, spectral analysis. Right. So, so maybe uh, maybe from your lips to the ears of our listeners, some of whom might be hoity-toity, high up, able to make it so. Mm-hmm. Somebody thought that you, Bill, owned a casino. That was what um, caught my eye today. And I was thinking, geez. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be great, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like Mo Dallas Dallas or Gus Greenbaum. Yeah. Well the, the problem is one of the problems is um if I call anybody to come inspect the area, the spraying just stops. 
Well, see, that's uh, an you know, amazing they, clue. You're and you, that's similar to that thing that happened to Bill when he discovered the satellite thing. It went off. It turned off. Right. Right. That was the first episode. It, yeah. 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 So I would say a couple of things. One, if you're going to try to call somebody or bring somebody in, do it in such a way that you can't be identified as the caller. Mm-hmm. Just in case you're being surveilled. Yeah. You know, find another way to communicate. Yeah, but right, right. that that game is over. If this, if these guys are as sophisticated, you They're there's no place you can go, right? They're but pretty I, much all over me. I remember, however, um, in, in her, I can't remember the fellow's name. He wrote a book. He was an abductee, and uh, Phil Craft. No, no, no. I'm zoning on it. Um, this is the one where he was sort of an Italian guy, and he basically said that he was consciously aware they were taking him all the time, they were teaching him stuff, and he was always fighting them. But in the course of trying to fight them, he went from supposedly one end of the country to the other. And there's no escaping. And, you know, many people, including X-Files people, are beginning to think that the alien thing, quote-unquote, is really our government using aliens as a joke to abduct and be mean to its citizens. Which sounds like what's going on tonight. You see. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the technology they have is, is unbelievable. Um, why do you say it that? It almost seems okay, like. Well, yeah, why do you say that? What have you seen that tells well, you that? Well, they can see into every nook and cranny of my apartment. I don't know how they do it. Why do you think? Um, well, if I leave, well, I, I have to wear a mask most of the time in the apartment. And if I leave it lying around, they can spray it. They've done that before. You mean they'll, a gas um, mask? What kind of spray? Mask? Wait, a gas Excuse mask? Me? A gas mask? Yeah, well, it's a. It's actually a carbon filter mask that okay. I've created using um, carbon filter material. It's uh, they're found in air purifiers, and I cut them out and I'll make a little mask out of them and I'll wear it under my nose and I'll breathe through it and so I'll. I have to wear that constantly when I'm in the apartment. Well, could you tell if it if it had been tampered with? Has it ever been tampered um, with? Yeah, yeah, it, it has been tampered with. I, I've left it. Sometimes I've left it unattended, and it's gotten sprayed. I've had air air cleaners that I have to sleep with, and those have been tampered with. Um, they've come in and um, put chemicals in my vitamins. Um, how, how do you know this? To, well, because I. What I do with my vitamins is I, I open them up and I I split them in half and I'll just take I'll just open up a capsule and pour half into the water and sometimes when I drink it it'll be really metallic and salty and and I'll I'll get very sick hmm. and uh, and so they were coming in my apartment so what I had to do was I had to put a put a um, Video camera. Whenever I left, I'd have to put a video camera at the door, and uh, to make sure no one could come in. But even that wasn't enough. I had to make sure I had a little battery-operated clock in the in the view of the camera, so that I could see the second hand moving. And that way, they couldn't tamper with the recording. Because even and if I had a camera pointed at the door, it seemed like they could they could tamper with the recording. You well, know, have stop you ever, it. 
have you ever caught them on camera? No, I've never caught anyone on camera. Okay, well, let's go back. Let's go back to something that we that we can sort of um, grasp. Let's go back to the vitamins. When you say you would cut them in half, um, are you talking about uh, capsules that you would open up, or are you talking? Yeah, they're capsules, right? I would just open them up and empty them out into a cup of water and and drink them that way. Okay, and And, uh, these are capsules that could you tell, uh, you know, how they got tampered. I mean, in other words, could you see? With the no, I couldn't see. I couldn't see anything, and it seemed like they would only tamper with one pill at a time. Um, see, that's you know, it, 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 getting into. Time. We're getting into such a fine degree of specificity or detail that, you know, if you're if you're doing this in front of a jury, they would say that's mm, nobody does one pill. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess that way. There's if there's no evidence. You know, I can't. Yeah, I'll just take that pill and I'll eat it and and then there's nothing left behind. I guess that's why they're only doing one pill at a time. I I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me either. (laughs) Um, But, uh, and then, let's see. Well, it actually, actually, you know, I mean, it's a known track. The CIA has now admitted that they used to go in people's houses and move stuff around, Philip K. Dick, just to screw with them. Right. I mean, that was, that was, they would do these experiments. There was a long-standing series of psychological experiments, which may still be going on, that um, intelligence agencies would do because partly what they were trying to do was figure out ways more to disrupt. How do you disrupt people's lives in such a way? I mean, f- back in the 1950s, uh, the Army General Staff, uh, General Arthur Trudeau, wrote about this in his memoirs, that the Army General Staff was doped with LSD. Mm-hmm. Right in their coffee. Right in their morning coffee when they had staff meetings. They, they would drop LSD in the coffee. And you'd see these high-ranking generals, general staff um, officers, just stumbling around, unable to focus. Right, and that's dirty tricks, and basically dirty tricks have not gone away. Right, and they've just right. become refined. Mm-hmm. Right, they get and more then, sophisticated. And then, when you consider the experiments with syphilis, actually, as recently as the last century in the South, where people who had syphilis weren't treated to see how the how the symptoms progressed, I mean, that was frightening that they would do that to other human beings. That's Nazi right. concentration camp stuff. Well, Ken, you you do have to. I I I urge you to go online and make sure you look up. Try to look up other people. And again, Solaris might be a good uh, contact. To um, she has a show on the network, and um, we can put you in touch with her. There are other people online who believe their lives have been under siege as well. Okay, and I occasionally f- come across them, but I've never. But but you might want to start contacting other people. Um. And compare notes. I, I I think there's power in doing that, right? Yeah, I, she said, I agree. I, I, you know, okay, but here's a weird question. Um, you were a government employee, basically, if you worked for the post office. And you remember back in the day, there used to be the term going postal because post office people were killing people at a great rate. And so I wondered, when you described the people who were following you as kind of goons, or you could sort of tell that they were that they were of a certain type, as you said, the un, 
the unemployable, very young, very old. Did you yeah. get these as a government employee, employee yourself? Did you definitely get a vibe that they were also government employees? Not really. No, mm-hmm. they they seemed like just average people, except that, like I said, they were usually male and they were either very young, around twenty, or very old, around sixty-five. You know, retired. And um, by that, I guess the reason was that. They're more eager, you know, they need the money. So they're more great eager job. to do things <laughs> that other people wouldn't. Be a great job for Bill. What? To do this. I mean, you could be a government employee, make a few bucks, and what? Um, drive, I was a government employee. Drive around and your car would spray people, and they would just think you're just an old guy <laughs> driving, you know? This is Erotically. true. Th- this is true. I could be like Bernie Sanders and rave. We're constantly looking for um, some gainful employment. That's this for is sure. True. This yeah. is true. And serve your country at the same time. Exactly. Yes, true. It's true. And and also, um, uh, can have you? Do you have any pals in the military? Have they, like for example, on just let's just take Bill Gab. There's a fellow named Sword Point Nine. Okay, he's been on the show. He's very knowledgeable. He's a current employee. He's a uh, uh, merchant of, not merchant of Venice. What is it? Um, merchant Marine? No, no, no. Um, French Foreign Legion. When you are a... He's in the French Foreign no, Legion? No, no, no. He's not, he's not a legionnaire. Oh, he's a mercenary. Oh, a mercenary. A mercenary. I mean, basically, he's, he's, he's completely upfront about it. He works as a contractor. I think he calls himself a contractor now. Um, it, it would be fun to get his impression, make contact with him on... Belgab, and maybe he could put you in touch with scientists who might know about this, perhaps? Sword, sword point? Sword point nine, lowercase. Nine, okay. Sword point nine. Okay. And he was on our show, he was on our show with Bill Scott, I believe, not, uh, not too long ago. And if you look up, if you go into the guest list, guest list on Future Theater, you'll see Go to Bill Scott, and you'll see one of them is done with a fellow named John. I don't think we gave his last name. Sword Point Nine, and so, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely look into that. Thank you. Well, now, how often? How often, Ken? How often is this happening? That's the other question. Oh, it's it's twenty four hours a day. It's constant, and it I no matter where I go, if if I go to the store, if I go to a Walmart, they'll pump the store full of chemicals. Well, if, um, if I go to the wait, if they're pumping the store full of chemicals, do other people in the store with you notice this? No, they don't notice it. But I can tell you the chemicals are stronger than household chemicals. They're very strong, but they don't notice it. Um, I think one of the reasons they don't notice it is because it's so the chemicals are so volatile that. Um, the uh, the molecules of the chemicals are driven away from each other, and so when you breathe it, you're not really getting a good cluster on your olfactory senses, and so you can't. So the chemicals essentially go down smoother um, without irritation. Oh wait, it sounds and, like it, it sounds like a designer chemical you're talking about. But if this is only the the uh, runoff of of chemical dumping, are you saying that? They're trying to get rid of their chemicals somehow, or are you saying that they are designing chemicals to spray people with? Well, um, I think that it's basically chemical dumping, but they can do this with just about any chemical. I, I think I've been sprayed with almost 200 different chemicals 
and they've done this same procedure with each chemical. Each, each time they spray it, it just evaporates. And yeah. they, they can fill up my room, my bedroom, with chemicals, with fumes. And um, once they stop spraying, the fumes will be gone in about 30 seconds. They just disappear. Something and they can do with just about any chemical. So the, the, the thing that you would think would be that if it's an actual spray mechanism, there'd have to be some device doing the spraying. So if they're coming through your walls, through your floor, down, down from your ceiling, theoretically you'd be able to find some uh, evidence of a piece of apparatus that was spraying the chemical. Um, I, think it's, I think all the apparatus is in the walls. I, I don't really have access to it. Um, I think they're spraying the chemicals in the walls, and the chemicals are immediately turning into a gas. And the gas is so super volatile, and it expands so rapidly that it just flies out of the tiniest cracks. Like, for instance, they can spray the outside of your house, and the chemical is so volatile, they can just mist it, and the chemical is so volatile that it will beat its way through the tiniest cracks of your house and fill up the room that's on the other side with fumes completely and instantly. And then once they stop spraying, it's gone. Mm. And so for them to really attack me, they just keep a stream on me constantly. I mean, you know, it, it stops every now and then, but um, they try to, they do their best to keep a constant stream of chemicals on me. And, and so they're very good at it. And so you've had liver scans and blood tests. Mm-hmm. Well, what? are you Can't still getting your? Where are you getting your health care from? Are you still on the government health care system? Are you on Obamacare? I, no, I'm not on Obamacare. I I go to the VA, Smart and man. I also have a private doctor that I go to. Okay, so so you were in the military? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. And what were you? What branch? I was in the Air Force. Uh, doing what? Mm. Uh, actually, I I didn't make it out of training. I got injured. So I, what were you I, was in, I was in just a few. I was in just a few months. Right, and and what 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 were you training to do? I mean, was it like basic um, Air Force basic, or were you um, going for a specific job? No, I was just basic training. I didn't have a specific job at the time. Again, I'm thinking of Bill Scott and his job. And that, and that was that was a long time ago. That was back in '82. And so I don't think this is related to that. Well, but the question is, um, if you were only in for a few months, how are you being able to use the VA? What were you discharged? Well, what was your because discharge? Because I was injured. I, I had a, um, a medical discharge. Mm-hmm. What was the injury? It was a knee injury. Um, I dislocated my patella. And, uh, it, after that, it just hasn't been right. It's very loose and it, Mm-hmm. It dislocates easily, and so, so that that allowed me to get uh, care at the VA. Right, and so you're using VA doctors, um, and when they have run blood tests on you, what have they found about? Um, have they found any strange chemicals in your blood? Have they found what is the balance? No. Of, 
white but and red blood cells, with, like that. Well, the problem with that is that um, you have to know what chemical you've been exposed to. Right. And I have no idea, and, and I don't think these are normal chemicals. These are, you know, I think these are chemicals that are used in the military, and they're, they're kind of exotic and bizarre. Um, like, for instance, I, when I smell them, I can't even identify them. Um, I mean, they, they might have odors that are similar to something else, but I really have no idea what it is. They're, they're not typical household chemicals. Um, there's one that smells like blood. Uh, there's one that smells like burnt toast. There's one that smells like cigarette smoke. There's one that smells like gunpowder. I mean, just one. There's one that smells but, like bleach. But what if what if it is all those things? In fact, that you're smelling. Uh, no, it's it's not. Um, yeah, I don't. It's it's different. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, you know, like if you went into um, a, a motel room that's supposed to be non-smoking, and in fact is a smoking room, right? You can always really tell immediately. And back in the right. day, there never used to be any differentiation. It was everybody smoked everywhere all the time. And um, now you can really tell. So is it like that, sort of? Um, yeah, well, it's it's not subtle. Yeah, it's it's um, the chemicals are very distinct. Um, I, I know it's a chemical. When I when I come into a military chemical, I know it's it's a chemical. They're spraying. It's um, it's toxic. I'll start reacting. Uh, normal react? chemicals bother me, but they don't make me as sick as these uh, these chemicals. How do you react? Me. What is the reaction? What is your physical reaction? Well, I'll um, it feels like I'm getting uh, headaches. It, it feels like I'm getting nerve damage in my brain. Uh, sometimes I'll get stabbing pains in my abdomen. Uh, I might start shaking, that sort of thing. Are you keeping um, a, a constant record of these incidents as they happen, I hope? Uh, it's hard because there's just so many. Um, I would suggest that I mean, you know you should get yourself a little moleskin walk-around-with journal, like a hipster type, right, with a little strap on it and everything, and just whip it out. Like, well, Pat Usker Whoa. used that. Get a strap on and whip it out anyway. Yeah, Pat Oscar used to have that on UFO Hunters. Um, but it's wow. exactly what hipsters do. They whip it out of their back pocket and they flip, flip it open. Flip it open. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I'm so lucky because I have, back when we were doing the um, Steve Hodel book, actually, I have 10 still of those flip open murder books, they're called, from the LAPD. LAPD. So, yeah, if you had a murder book, you could flip it open. And keep on taking notes. I think notes are going to be your salvation. I really do. Okay. Well, I, I sort of do that. I mean, if I, if I come across something different or um, uh, something uh, noteworthy, I, I do try to make note of it. And then I'll come back and put it on the website. Well, yeah. And you know what I would do? I wouldn't even worry about the website. I would make sure that you have it physically someplace because, no offense, if... EMF or whatever the what is what is ELF ELF is real. Make sure you have it physical in Sharpie pen ink instead. You know so that even even ink um, is easily erased. So you know get some Sharpie pens. Get yourself a nice notebook. 
you know, with bound pages so that if you like another thing to do is just number them or get a notebook with numbered pages so that nothing is ripped out. Um, it's accurate from your end. Then you might see patterns and the patterns might solve the entire problem. You know, suddenly the tobacco sm- smoke might happen in a, and you would not know the pattern unless you were really vigilant about when it begins and when it ends. No matter where you are, when it begins, when it ends, pull out the notebook and write it down. It will save your sanity what's left of it, I think. Right, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I could do that. I would. By the way, Nancy, I think uh, Chris Brown wants to ask a question. He's uh, joined us here on Skype. Chris, uh, hi, Chris. Hi. Question? Hey, Bill, Nancy. Yeah, I do. I was Oregon. Show. Yep, I'm in Oregon. And I'm just flipping <laughs> the show. And, uh, and uh, I was. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I was just wondering that if the, have you gotten a blood test? I don't know. Maybe maybe Bill maybe already uh, asked that question, but if you had gotten a blood test to see if there's any chemicals in your blood or any type of thing to see, you know, just I don't know. You know, I uh, just wonder. It's yeah. kind of it's, it's it's it sounds like a lot. You between me got a lot going on there, and and I hope you can figure it out and. um so anyway, uh, have, very you, stressful, uh, gone, sure. have, you, have you gotten yeah, any uh, blood tests? Is the well, I, yeah. I've gotten a hair analysis. That's the, I think, hair. I did have some blood tests, but those, uh, I had my blood tested for pesticides once, and that came out negative. Um, but I did do a hair analysis, and I thought that would be something. But uh, that came back um, pretty much negative. They only found one chemical and it was uh it was a chemical found in perfumes um, but but the hair analysis they said they only checked for about six hundred common chemicals, so it doesn't surprise me that they didn't catch anything because I think the chemicals they use on me are very bizarre uh very uh, esoteric types of chemicals that wouldn't normally be checked for what about the uh, what about uh, the allergy test where they make sort of a pattern on your back scratch test it's yeah. called yeah yeah um i no i haven't had that uh, i don't know if that would do anything i don't well, think i'm really allergic to anything well no but a chemical sensitivity is a form of an allergy i mean you are reacting i mean mm-hmm. so th- i mean theoretically if 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 you're reacting to a substance in a negative way, you might be generating histamines because you're getting headaches. And so, oh, okay. do you clean a lot? Are you a clean freak? Not really, no. Okay. Because, you know, I was using a lot of chemicals or a clean freak. Because I, when I lived in an apartment before I was, um, I was married and all that, and the gal above me was just a total, she was, she was just fanatic about it. And she'd be up. All hours is cleaning and cleaning, cleaning, and she had went and oh, actually went and I know that one night the ambulance and all that come rushing up there that she had went in a in a, one of her kind of her fits and had cleaned so much that she had got inhaled all the stuff because she had been scrubbing on the bathroom floor. Yeah, Clorox. And yep, or whatever know, it was. Did you know? Um, did you know if you put mix Clorox bleach <laughs> and I believe ammonia? I think it's yep. ammonia. Yep. You'll basically have an explosion, mm. uh, and, and it's basic, basically very bad. So, I did not yeah. know that. Yes. I, I put that in a cookbook. Had to, it's called nitroglycerin. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I had to <laughs> take that out. 
back in the old days. Yeah. Um, hmm. We're make a Thomas bomb. Edison. Thomas Edison was. Um, Thomas Edison was mixing that up in um, when he was working on the Grand Trunk Railroad as a kid. He actually mixed that up and handed it to an army officer on the train to say, "Here, you can use this in the Civil War." Yeah, but you know, you know how it's easy enough to fall into this trap. If you have a whole lot of, just close your ears, boys, a whole lot of pee in the toilet, like there's, the toilet is full yeah. of pee, that's, pee. A, that's ammonia, yeah. basically. And if you screw in bleach without flushing it first, you know, you've got nerve gas, basically, or something very bad. Yeah, so whatever Whoa. you do, don't pee in the toilet and throw, uh, <laughs> what's that, um, uh, not Clorox, but what is the powder? Bleach? Bleach, no. no, no. no. What Comet. is Comet. 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 Don't Comet, throw yeah. Comet in your toilet if you've just eaten it and not flushed. Well, not yeah, because you will see stars. You happens. will see, yeah, you'll basically, <laughs> little spirals well, okay, will well, that, form that in your eyes. Up, that brings up something not so frivolous. Again, as I said, I've been, I've been researching witchcraft and stuff like that on the internets, and I noticed that um, it, when you're going to do anything like paganism or the old religions and stuff, you're going to do, you're going to get salt, you're going to get vinegar, you're going to get common household chemicals and you uh, can could um, start to test yourself you could figure out how baking soda would react to this for example um, y- you know if you thought you had a vitamin that was contaminated you could do a test on it and a test on a you know a non-contaminated vitamin and perhaps discover something when you put baking soda on it or something you know i it, I'm clutching at straws, but I, I think that if it's physical and it's real and it's happening, you will be able to, um, you know, you will be able to uh, figure, there's some evidence somewhere, CSI, CSI, CSI. I, I don't know. I, I think I think they already have, um, they already have all this worked out. I think the things they do are things that they know they can't be caught at. I, I think they have, a you know, the, they're going by some sort of playbook that they've already, you know, made up and they've already done their research. And well, have you ever thought they know, of they know it works. joining the Masons, um, which might be a very wise thing to do? The Masons? If, yeah, if you, Masons. Jo- if you join the Masons and you just casually mention... Nobody will mess with you again. Nobody's going to mess with you. I mean, yeah, you'll it, be a part also. of the club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Consider it because they, take, they probably take care of their own. And yeah. You, yeah, you can get into the. Um, could, I could join the CIA, maybe. <laughs> well, that's you know. Yeah, that, then you'd wind up being toasted, actually, at that point. But um, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, but I say I, stick the plan. I'll, I'll get LSD. <laughs> yeah, you would get LSD for free. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> well, I keep. I keep. What any private detective analyst would try to find out is, is there something about you or in your life or places you've been or people you have come into contact with that turns you into a target? That would be one line of investigation. Yeah, I I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just, it's just this. Uh, just because I called the EPA, I can't see any other reason. Maybe, uh, maybe because of my chemical sensitivity, they decided to 
do an experiment on me. Well, Maybe how would they different. know? How would they know you were chemi- You were sensitive to chemicals. Well, because uh, I think the phone call I made to the EPA. You know, I complained about the chemicals. I I said they were hurting me, um, and and they must know that people, normal people, can't detect the chemicals. So they realized that I was uniquely sensitive to them. When did you first notice, in general? your sensitivity to chemicals. Was this your entire life? Uh, no, it was back in uh, about 2002 when I had that episode with my liver. What was the episode? And the, and the heartburn medicine, which was Zyrtec, perhaps? Zyrtec? Uh, it was um, Prilosec. And, um, oh, Prilosec. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people have been falling into that terrible trap. My mother was one of them. Um, and acid or heartburn is not something to, um, it's not something to fool around about. I think you should really try to, you know, treat it with natural things because as you said, your liver is at stake with, I mean, why would you, why would you go directly to a prescription drug at this point in time when you can turn on any television show and see the class action suits for, you know, uh, vaginal mesh? Not that anybody here. Warfarin. I mean, this, uh, yeah. they're already trying to build up. They're already trying to build up a class action lawsuit against warfarin, how many which is very commonly vaginal... prescribed for AFib. Yeah, but how many people have vaginal mesh? God knows. I mean, seriously, that it would be. I, I wouldn't a know class that. Action. Not not having. Yeah, I know, I know, but still, I have a vaginal mesh, not mesh, and and I I do know of one person who did have it actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so maybe it's a thing, but but you know I, I won't name that person on the air. Good because <laughs> yeah yeah. Did you get an autopsy? Here's a question. This is from Amanda. Uh, did you get an autopsy for the cat? No, I guess not. Uh, Nobody. Well, no, no, I didn't get an autopsy, but uh, well, I did get a diagnosis. I, I took the cat to the vet, and um, they did a um, uh, ultrasound. And they said that she did have a tumor on her kidney. They they said it was lymphoma, and uh, that's what ended up killing her. And she, after the diagnosis, they put her on prednisone, and she lasted about six weeks. And um, and they were still spraying me. So uh, so what she did those last six weeks, she spent by my back door. I had a slider for the back door. And I would just crack it about an inch, and she would stick her nose out there and just lay, lay, and try to breathe the fresh air. Because mm-hmm. she was so sick, she was she was sensitive to these chemicals just like I was, because uh, she was exposed so much. And and the reason I would just crack it an inch, I couldn't open it any more than that, because if I did open it wider, then the government would attack that area. That area would be subjected to. Well, and can you tell me, how, how old was the cat, by the way? The cat was six, just turned six, six years old. All right. And are right. you in a heavily uh, populated area? Are you in a rural area? Well, well, Elizabeth City was very rural, and uh, when they started attacking me, it was kind of, you know, it was to me it seemed aggressive, but uh, I was in Elizabeth City for maybe three years or four years during the attacks, and then I moved to Wilmington, which is a much bigger city. And when I moved to Wilmington, the attacks became much more aggressive. Um, I guess because it's a bigger city, 
I don't, I don't know, there's a Secret Service office here. I don't know why, but it became much more aggressive. Um, they started breaking into my car almost every night and spraying it. And they broke, in fact, they broke into my car so much that um, I had trouble working the locks. I, the lock for my door and the trunk would hardly work. I had to, I have to keep them heavily lubricated or else they won't work. And I've noticed that when they've um, picked picked the locks on. I used to live, when I lived with my sister, I actually lived in a, in a back building in the backyard. And um, they picked the lock on that twice. And whenever they did, my key had trouble working. I would stick the key in the lock. And sometimes I couldn't even get the key in. Um, I'd have to force it in. But usually, and then sometimes when I turn it, it didn't work. So I'd take it out and then put it back in, and then it would work. And then the key would be stiff for about a week, and it would just gradually loosen up and then start working normally you know, again. Um, uh, one thing you could if you ever watch old mystery shows, you could put baby powder in places, sort of like in front of a Yeah, door. well, that's right. That, I've thought about that, but that's the thing. If I did something like that, they would see it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they see everything. Yeah, but then you uh, would know something. You would know whether it kept them away, like ants. You know, you put some white powder around. Um, you could also put, a, you know, you could take hair if you can, you know, some long hairs, if you can find some long hairs. Um, and you could put those, like, in a, you know, across something you don't want opened. You would like to know if it's open. Stuff yeah. like that. Um, and you said they right. broke in, it's, it's you broke into your car. Excuse me? You broke into your car. Do you have an alarm on your car? Did that go off when you were broken your no, car? No, I don't have an I don't have an alarm. Okay. No, it just but it was locked. I locked yeah. it. But they'll break in and they'll they'll spray it um with chemicals. Uh they even recently they started putting some weird powder on my seat that makes my skin burn. Well, when you say powder, powder that disappears? I, I don't know. <laughs> I no, I mean, if the, did you see the powder on your seat? I, no, I, I don't see. I don't see it. But it's. Okay. I have a. I have a seat cushion that I use, and it's. It gets in that seat cushion, so I have to. I have to shake it out. Um, now, when you shake it out, do you yeah. see anything? I don't coming? see. No, I, I don't see anything. I, I have no idea what they're doing, but it'll it'll burn, and I'll have to uh, when I come back inside. I'll have to change my pants. Because it's it seems to be in the clothing. If it's in the clothing, have you ever had your pants tested? No, I, I wouldn't even know what to tell them. I wouldn't even know what to test for. Is is it radioactive? I don't know. No, no. Because what I'm saying is that when you say the chemical disappears, if you're if if it's in your pants and your pants and you're burning, then there's a chemical trace in a your spectro, pants where you're, where you're spectro, sitting. A spectro analysis. Right. Yeah, I think that is something that could be tested in that case. But that's a job for UFO hunters. You have to get the show on the road again. No, I wouldn't know where to where to take it to. I wouldn't know yeah, what to tell them sure. what it is. I don't know if it's a chemical. It seems like it's more than just a chemical, though. I think it's it might be some sort of radioactivity. And that would test up with a Geiger counter. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, or, yeah, it could be. Uh, Gamma or alpha rays or something like that. I mean, you basically, know. you know, if you if if you ran the probe over the pants when you feel it burning, uh, then you'd know whether it's radioactive or not. Well, you know, um, I keep thinking about John Ford, 
as you talk because John Ford, okay, we've done a couple of shows, Ken, on John Ford. In fact, we've interviewed him from prison. He's a fellow in New York State who was sent to prison on kind of a phony charge. But well, he's in an insane asylum. It's not prison. Yeah, because he pled that he would do uh, it's he, he did a plea bargain or something. But anyway, the supposedly the government officials in that part of the world were sort of after him because he sort of knew more about the Brookhaven incident than uh, they were letting on. But anyway, they accused him of, here's how they got him, here's how they com- um, framed him for a crime. They said that he was putting radium in... Uh, uh, toothpaste. In in the toothpaste of a an enemy. And anybody that ever has heard the me, the idea that you can't put toothpaste back in a tube makes you wonder how right, you know exactly. how he did this yeah, yeah because of all the toothpaste back in the day in the 90s they didn't have that many how you could infect toothpaste but anyway so he was actually that was the crime they accused him of and sent him down the river and uh his story is fascinating and we've done a few did they shows. make a movie after that bill I mean, no, no, they never did. Uh, but you no, know what? No. There, everybody, there is a bunch of people, including us, who are really on his side and trying to keep his story alive. And long story, you haven't heard the last of John Ford on this show. Uh, we will kind of bring you all up to date. But but he's a guy, Ken, who might have an insight into what's going on, on with you. Because he's, I mean, he was in MUFON. Uh, I don't know whether you've joined those kind of Well, you know, he was an LIUFO. Um, uh, okay. A Long Island UFO network. So, Ken, are you in? How did you come on to Belgab in the first place? Uh, well, I've listened to Art Bell in the past, and I, I thought that'd be a good place to uh, contact people and let them know about my website. I thought maybe there'd be some people interested in it. Okay. Okay. Well, you you know, we're out of time. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I have to call. I have to call. Though I have to call a halt. Ken, thank you. Ken, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Anybody on Belgab, anybody um, out there who can help Ken, got an idea? This is chapter one. Write to Ken. Go to the website. Ken is linked up with our website. Folks, we are Bill and Nancy Burns on Future Theater Live on PSN Radio and the Dark Matter Digital Network. And we will be back next week with... Uh, Tim Schwartz, Edison. Yes, uh, we're going to talk about Tesla's. And then next with the week after that. Co- yeah. Here's the story Tesla tried uh, to contact the dead by radio next week. Right, and then, and then the following week we have Carrie and Schmidt and the children of Roswell. Yes, where'd they get that title from? I want to know that. Okay, talk okay. to you later. Okay, good night, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Angel. Good night. Thank you.